Welcome to the Dallas Space Innovators Podcast. I'm Andrew Louder, founder and CEO of Dallas-based consulting firm Louder Co. There's so many great people innovating in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. This podcast aims to highlight them, the amazing things they're doing, and get behind the scenes on their approach and on them personally. At my company, Louder Co., we're the innovation specialists business leaders turn to when their organization must perform better. Artificial intelligence, business transformation, and venture building projects are usually very stressful. Not with us. We believe your business will soon begin losing without an AI strategy. We create AI strategies to accelerate operations and create revolutionary new technology products. We do that because we're tired of seeing businesses that keep letting bad operations kill their growth. Through change initiatives like creating innovation hubs, improving processes, and instilling technologies, we transform companies to perform better and grow faster. Our gift to you for listening is access to our free Intro to Artificial Intelligence Guide. We hit on what is AI, where's it going, and how to get it into your business. Get that free guide at louderco.com slash intro to AI. We look forward to serving you. Visit us at louderco.com for more information, insightful content, and ways to schedule our first conversation. Thank you for listening and on to our show. <laughs> All right. Welcome to our show. This is the inaugural interview, the inaugural show of the Louder Co. Dallas Space Innovators podcast. And with me today is Erica Bryant. Hello, hello. Founder and CEO of Piece of Cake Marketing. That's right. Should be a fun show. She has a lot of wisdom, experiences. I think we'll have a few laughs. We may even shed some tears. We'll see. I don't know. Probably not. Never mind. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Um, We are recording in WeWork's brand new state-of-the-art podcast studio. I feel like we're the first people to actually use this equipment. We are legit the first people to <laughs> use this equipment. Maybe um, maybe nationwide, maybe worldwide. We'll see. But for innovator. sure here in this location. You're an innovator. Yes, very innovative. Okay, so Erica, let's jump right in here. Okay, tell us about yourself. Give us a little you know, rundown. Um, go. All right. (laughs) Who I am, what I do. My name is Erica Bryant. Um, I started Piece of Cake Marketing last fall. It's been almost a year. Um, I've had my own company for many years um, doing marketing consulting work. And I work with some of the bigger brands in the world, Amazon, AT&T, Dr. Pepper Snapple Group, um, some of the bigger brands. And then um, where I find my heart really... um, is in the smaller business space. So um, a lot of the solopreneurs or startups or smaller businesses under, uh, you'd call it 10 million revenue, Um, mostly because I really like working directly with a business owner to help them with their marketing and help them innovate and help them uh, specifically. And usually when you get over that threshold, you've got a full marketing department and lots more to work with. So that's my space. Um, Originally from Atlanta. Okay. Raised there, but born in Houston, so I'm a native Texan. That's important. That is important. Super important. Very important. Um, So, yeah, I started my career in Atlanta, and then um, mostly in consulting, worked on the brand side, worked on the agency side, and have 
had my own company for a while. Very cool. Very cool. And I've, I've come to realize you're using a rather innovative mechanism, innovative framework Mm -hmm. that I think the world should know more about. Why don't you tell us about that? Uh, I think you're talking about the story brand framework. That is correct. Um, So last fall, I stumbled on this book called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Um, He was a writer, first and foremost. He he wrote Blue Like Jazz, which is kind of a... Most most people know what that book is. Um, But he wrote a series of memoirs and studied story. And in that, he found that uh, there was sort of this um, framework that sort of came out of it where story was just told from generations, um, hundreds, um, I don't know, thousands of years, I don't know how how, uh, far back he goes, but um, the framework for story was all the same. So there's a character who has a problem who meets a guide, and um, that guide uh, gives them a plan and, and helps them either get what they want or help them avoid failure, things like that. So um, this particular framework came out of him studying story, and he applied it to marketing. And what's great is this framework really, um, it works with so many businesses because the the shift that people are making is you're making your uh, customer the hero instead of playing the hero yourself. So you are a guide in a hero's story, and if you play the hero in your brand or you play the hero in your company and you just say, look at me, look at me, and look what I've done and look what I can do and all these things, nobody's really interested in your story. But when you start talking about their story, people get interested really quickly, and you can captivate their um attention and you can tell what problems you solve to them you know when i first heard donald miller talk about the story brand story brand framework i thought it was genius it was on the entree leadership podcast i've probably heard it a dozen times i should know what number it is and what date (laughs) and all that by now but it really that that seven stage framework he lays out what you just walked us through is incredible because I start watching movies and reading books in a much different way. And he's pretty spot on on the framework and kind of the the, the journey that the, the protagonist goes on and the guide coming in to help him. And I know he mentions um, Star Wars as the mm-hmm. perfect example and Luke Skywalker meeting Obi-Wan. And I mean, it's just, it's incredible. So, um, I do want to hear more about that as we go forth here and kind of how you've been applying it to your company, your clients, et cetera. But let's talk a bit more about Dallas, if you so, will. So, fun what fact, you, you yeah. didn't know this when you asked me to come here today. Oh, gosh. You ready? No. Ten years ago, Sunday, I moved to Dallas. Wow. Congratulations, <laughs> 10, 10 year anniversary. 10 years ago. So um, I had kind of gotten to a point in my career in Atlanta where I could either, um, you know, move to a different place in Atlanta and, and start uh, over or I could move to a different city. And so um, I kind of just did the little bullseye on the map and then boom, you always end up in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, that's partly true, and part of it is um, I, I was choosing between Dallas, Nash, I'm sorry, Dallas, Charlotte, and Orlando. If I wanted to go to Charlotte, I'd mostly be in banking. If I wanted to go, go to Orlando, I'd mostly be in entertainment, and those are the industries that are kind of 
the bigger pillars for those cities. And when I did research on Dallas, a lot came up. Um, Dallas is a hub for almost, you can find almost any industry and go deep with any industry and Fortune 10, Fortune 500 startups. You can just really find the gamut here. And that's really unique to this city. Not even Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta has a couple of big, you know, Coca-Cola and Turner Mm -hmm. and Cox and things like that, but they don't have, you know, nearly the breadth or the depth that we have here. Yeah, and I bring it up. I mean, there's a reason why this show is called Dallas-Based Innovators. You know, I I love Dallas. My heart is in Dallas. I grew up in Houston. Uh, part of my heart is still in Houston as well. But, you know, there's something um, amazing about Dallas. And as we go forth in any future episodes, I really want to hit on, you know, what makes Dallas unique, what makes Dallas so special, and such a great place for innovation to happen whether it's in the startup community, you know, the mid-market community, the Fortune 500 community, you know, there's a lot going on here in Dallas. And so I really want to hone in on that as we, as we move forth on, on all these podcasts. You know, it'll probably be a, a rather big theme in our conversations. But um, perhaps we should talk a little bit about how we met. Yeah. How did we meet? So um, I have a good friend, Megan, who is uh, the leader of a recruiting office here in Dallas. Um, And she came up to me and said, oh my gosh, you need to meet Andrew. He's here. He's looking for a marketer and I really want you to meet him. So shout out to Proven (coughs) Recruiting. Yes. Great company. Megan's doing great things at that place. They're they're growing by a lot. They are. I remember being next to their office um, in WeWork. And they had just opened up here in Dallas, and they've just grown by leaps and bounds. It's they incredible. have moved, I think, twice within yeah. WeWork since then, which I think that was, what, yeah. two years ago? It's like they double in size every month or something. It's amazing. <laughs> they work hard over there. They do. It's a great company. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned some, you know, the work you're doing, serving your clients. Let's get into that a bit. What are some of the big challenges your clients are facing today? What are you doing to solve those? Just kind of open up the curtain a little bit. What, what's going on in your world these days? So most smaller businesses, most entrepreneurs come to me and they say, "I have there is too much information out there. There are too many ways that the marketing, <clears throat> uh, marketing platforms, marketing systems, all these things have innovated to kind of make my life easier. But in that innovation, I'm finding it to be much more difficult to actually make a choice. So it's this sort of like paradox of choice, analysis, paralysis of where do I go? What do I do? Which one of these things is going to be the most impactful for my business? How do I work it? How do I fit it in with my strategy? Um, Generally, it's like I'm not sure where to go and I just need a guide to get me there. Um, To help solve that problem, um, I help people... One, I'm a super opinionated individual, so... Yes. (laughs) If you don't know. Oh, Um, I know. Sometimes just just talking to somebody who has an opinion and who will make a stake in the ground and say, this is the program you need to use. Stop wasting your time. I agree. In evaluating all these different systems and, you know, all the different functionality of them. Um, A lot of people just want to plan. They want to plan in place and just kind of... You know, how am I going to grow or how am I going to release a new product or what am I going to do to attract new customers or get existing customers to keep buying from me? And they want to get clear on that. So I help them get clear on that. A lot of people are looking for education. 
Um, you know, again, going back to the making a, a stake in the ground saying, this is the program you should use, this is the thing that you should do, um, and educating them on that. Um, so since I've been a marketer for about 15 years, I've seen it all and done it all. And to, you know, keep up with the trends in marketing, it's a quick five minute read every day versus somebody whose specialty is somewhere else. And they now have to market a company. They've got 15 years to, to kind of catch up on. Mm -hmm. Um, and lastly, um, I help them get clear on what it is they need to say to people about those plans and about that vision and about those products that they want to, uh, innovate on. Gotcha. So in addition to the story brand guide and all that you do with that, what, what else are you providing to your clients right now? I'm actually launching a new product. Whoa. I know. It actually launches next week. Uh, it's called Vision 2020. All right. And a lot of people struggle with either not having a plan or they take their plan and they just sort of stamp it out year over year expecting different results, and that's not what happens. <laughs> right, right. So um, getting clear on what that plan looks like. Uh, so it's a product that I'm offering. Uh, it takes a couple of hours of your time. I interview you. I talk about your products, your business, where you want to go, what your goals are for not just 2020, but the next three and five years. Um, statistically, you're more likely to carry out those plans if you have plans. Yes. Makes sense. Uh, and you're more likely to hit goals if you have them, especially if you're looking out three and five years because you sort of have a direction. Um, so that's one of the products that I'm offering yeah, as well. Yeah, I, I imagine that should be pretty well received. I remember even just, I don't know, five years ago, 10 years ago, you'd hear a lot of companies putting together their 2020 vision. You know, so easy <laughs> yeah. to just put together, you know, a play on words a bit. But I, I imagine a lot of those plans have deviated quite a bit or put, perhaps have fallen well short. And so I could certainly imagine you coming out right now, we're so close to 2020 and, you know, a service like this could certainly help. Yeah. Most companies, um, October is the time when they start planning for the next year. Mm -hmm. So they start talking about what they want to do in October. They get their budget settled in November. Everybody sort of checks the boxes in December and they're ready to go in January. Um, for the smaller businesses, it doesn't actually get on their radar usually until January or February of next year. And they start scrambling saying, Oh no, I don't have a plan. And, um, so I'm hoping by marketing this and getting it out there in front of all these business owners that they actually start thinking about their plans and what they want to do. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it'll spark some thoughts and maybe some regrets. Maybe they should have been moving <laughs> faster. Who knows? <laughs> That's where okay. you come in. <laughs> yeah, I could certainly help with that. Okay. Um, I want to I want to get a little bit behind the scenes because full disclosure, Eric and I have been working together now for what six months or so, four, five, yeah, six months, something like that. Uh, something like that. And I'm always curious, you know, how do you operate? How do you innovate? I mean, what's it like? How do you do what you do? What's your process like? Why have you kind of chosen to operate the way you do? Essentially, what works for you? I love working from home. That really just makes me happy. Um, I know one of your questions later is probably going to be, um, are you a night owl or are you an <laughs> early morning person? Um, I am 100% a night owl. I do most of my creative writing between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., and that's what works for me, mostly because the Internet's dead, you know, mm -hmm. my daughter's asleep, you know, it's just, it makes things easy for me. Um 
So that's one of the quirks that I have um, in peeling back the curtain and, and when I do things. If you were to ask me to come up with something clever or clear or some marketing messaging during the day, I usually fall short. Uh, but somehow during the middle of the night, I can just crank out something amazing. And it's usually really good the next day when I read it. So, yeah. um, I am always reading always um, learning and implementing. And my marketing strategy overall is test and optimize. So I know a lot of marketers will come to small businesses and say, um, I want to stamp this plan onto your business and see if it works and it's going to work. And they make all these guarantees. And the way that I operate is I know that a piece of it's going to fail. And we're okay with that because we're going to take those learnings from that piece of it and apply it to the next thing. So this test and optimize, like, let's say we're doing some ads. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't just create five ads. I'd create 20 ads. And I know that 15 of them are going to fail and they're going to bomb. And we're not going to know why because we're making educated guess about your audience. But I know that the top five are going to win and there's going to be one or two that's just the rock star out of the group. And the next month or the next time we're iterating on those ads, we're going to copy some things from that rock star ad and it's going to work for the next, you know, go round. Um, and so this sort of approach has really, it's great because you're always learning. You're always, uh, every audience is different. Um, if I were to come into your business and say that I knew your audience better than you, I'd be lying. Um, and so it's to pull that that knowledge out and to be able to iterate on that is is key to success. Yeah, I like that. The the test and optimize strategy. I think a lot of I see a lot of um entrepreneurs, leaders, you know, they, they don't I think when when I view innovation, there's a lot of experimentation, mm -hmm. a lot of learning as you go. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I, I oftentimes think leaders ditch ideas, ditch concepts really too quickly mm. because maybe they've lost the patience, they lost sight of why they were doing it in the first place. And so I'm with you. I think if, if more people took that experimental approach and viewed the optimized stage as potentially, I, I view it as a lot of fun, but so if they viewed it as being more fun, more impactful, than just walking away from it, I think you'd see a lot of uh, projects being executed in a better fashion. Yeah, if we look at kind of what we've done with you in the last six months is, you know, when we first started talking, you said, hey, I want to, you know, become known as the AI guy, and that's kind of where I want to play. Um, and so, you know, we started on the path of that sort of messaging. And then, you know, recently we've launched some new products that, play to that AI, but now you're, you're known in that, in your circles as the AI guy. So we've achieved that goal. And now we're able to tack on new goals with information that we've learned over the last six months. That's right. And so, there's more to come on that, by the way, <laughs> more to come. I didn't want to give away your secrets. Thank you for not doing that. Still a lot being figured out here on the fly. No, but okay. Um, I appreciate sharing all these insights, Erica. What I want to kind of get a better sense for is, you know, it's it likely has not been just a straight line journey where you've started <laughs> from the ever? bottom, now you're here. <laughs> yeah, if I can quote Drake. So, you know, what do you wish you had known when you started your career? Everything. 
Everything, everything. Um, you know, I think the frameworks that exist today, so there's three main frameworks that I use in my business oh, and nice. StoryBrand is one of them. Mm-hmm. But if those frameworks had existed 15 years ago, mm-hmm. oh man, I think I'd be a multi-billionaire. Wow. Yeah. There's still time. <laughs> Bring Working me on along it. for that ride, please. <laughs> Working on it, but uh, no. So the the um, I think I would have wanted uh, those frameworks. But you know, one of the cool things about how I do my business and how I innovate is I have a consulting background. So my first job, I was the youngest person to ever be hired at North Highland, which is a consulting company that's based in Atlanta. Um, I started in the reception desk and then moved into marketing um, a little later, and. Um, because of that consulting foundation, I everything that I do is custom. And so I understand how to think through a problem and think through a custom solution for that particular problem, given all of these elements to the problem, right? And so, yes, these frameworks work and they are helpful, but um, I'm really appreciative of the con- consultative approach that I learned very on early on in my career um, and, and that has helped. The other thing that I think I did really well that I just, I look back and I'm like, man, I'm just so thankful for is, uh, the sense of networking. Oh, yes. So most 20 year olds don't learn about networking when they are, um, <laughs> when they are 20 years old. And so I, uh, I, gravitated towards that. LinkedIn had just become a thing and, you know, everyone was talking about it and I just jumped on board and I knew, you know, everybody And that network foundation has helped me even still today. So do you regret actions that you took maybe when you were less experienced on maybe certain relationships that maybe if you could go back, maybe could clean those up a bit or, you know, people talk about burning bridges. Do you kind of (laughs) wish maybe you hadn't (laughs) You don't need to get into details, but it's always something in the back of my mind. I don't personally. burn bridges. Great. That's good for you. I just, um, you know, there are people that you gravitate towards and the people that you kind of repel uh, because of certain choices you make in your life. And so, you know, even if there are people that I have gotten, you know, like I've selectively and mm-hmm. purposefully distance myself from. That's a good way to put it. Um, it doesn't mean if they were to walk in the room today that there would be any hard feelings whatsoever. I, fun fact about me, I live with no regrets. One, one regret, actually. So that's not true. One oh, regret. We don't need to get into that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, you hit on networking. I, I think yeah. that, that's certainly a regret I've had. I mm. wish I would have started sooner. Mm-hmm. And taking it more um, intentionally. Hmm. Yeah, I think it mostly the focus has been placed on that for me this last two, two and a half years or so. Mm-hmm. And it's led to so many cool things. Um, I highly encourage anybody out there, look at your network. Is it strong? Is it not strong? If it's not, there's still time to do something about it. So Always time. Okay, what's influenced you? Oh, this is a tough question. Who influ- who's influenced Who you? has What's influenced influ- me? Yeah. Man. How'd you get here? Um, I mean, since we're talking about story brand, I would have to say that Donald Miller has um, certainly influenced me. Uh, so I actually, so I, re- I told you I read the book and I actually went to Nashville and trained with the whole story brand team and became what's called a story brand guide. And what that means is I have 
rights to the IP and I have the training necessary in order to take the story brand framework and implement it into my clients' businesses. Um, he is actually launching a new book next year. Boom, boom, boom. Isn't that exciting? Um, and so he, uh, we have a retreat coming up in November uh, and all the guides are going and basically it is, uh, we're going to talk about mission statements and vision statements. And then he's also coming out with this marketing made simple, uh, platform. So I, I don't know if that's the title of the book, but it's about, uh, making marketing simple, which piece of cake mm-hmm. marketing made oh, like simple. That. Yes. So who has influenced you, Donald, for sure. And the story brand team, the, the group of story brand guides, let me tell you, these are some of the smartest people. I have ever known. Um, wow. They just, <laughs> they're all business owners. They all take clients just like I do. And if there's one of, if there's not one of us that you connect with, there's going to be somebody else. Um, I have to give a big shout out to Jim Schwalbe. Okay. I know Jim. Great guy. Yeah. So he, um, he has been influential in my life and, uh, I worked for him for a couple of years and just an overall great guy. Um, so yeah, those are my top two that I can think of off the top of my, yeah, those are great. Those are great ones. (laughs) Okay. How about, uh, learning? Okay. Innovators we're constantly learning. All right. I got, I, I got something for you. What are you learning right now? So I'm reading a book called The Marketing Rebellion, and it goes through these, um, I guess this is, we're now in what's called, what this this guy's calling the fourth rebellion. And uh, if you think about it, the um, consumers have really driven what we as advertisers or marketers or business owners have done. For instance, you know, you've got the Mad Men era where they... Um, you know, put something on a billboard or they had, you know, an ad that came out in a magazine, everybody went in the hoopla and then they sold product. Mm -hmm. Um, Then it shifted into, you know, uh, ads on TV, but consumers really kind of rebelled against those ads. And so um, things like TiVo came out and certainly, you know, with the more recent inventions of Netflix and other ways to have commercial list TV, um, you can kind of see customers really pushing advertising in that way. Mm-hmm. So those are like, I, I can't remember what the first and second rebellion is, but that was the third rebellion. So consumers really are controlling the ad experience that they have. And so uh, this book goes through um, this fourth rebellion. And basically, he goes on to this story that says, um, ivory soap. They've spent millions of dollars on advertising in the last hundred years. They've had anywhere up to, you know, I don't know, 90% market share. I'm just making up a number. But they have incredible market share. You could walk into any house in the the United States of America in the 70s, and they'd have a bar of ivory soap. Mm Mm-hmm. So this guy walks into this woman's house and goes to look at her soap in her bathroom. And it's this, you know, handcrafted from the farmer's market down the street, you know, lavender and burlap or whatever it is. And he starts asking her questions about it. Like, why do you have this soap? And she's like, oh my gosh, let me tell you. Uh, I know the owners. I go to this farmer's market. You know what I paid? You know, she paid $11 for this bar of soap where the ivory soap is only like $2.99 or something like that for a pack of four of them. So she's paying exponential for this. But it's because she has a connection to the hands that made it. Hmm. And so she, you know, we're starting to see this rebellion of big 
like big corporations and being really far removed from the creation process and the uh, all these different things that uh, are kind of hidden from the consumer to, you know, consumers really want local, homegrown, I want to know who's making this, you know, they're they're not buying the the cheese down the street, you know, they're, they're not buying cheese from the store, from the dairy that's 500 miles away, they're buying it from down the street. So um, that's what I'm learning about right now. It's that's really fascinating. fascinating. It really is. So the moral of that is the most human company wins. Whoa. So when you look at your marketing plans and you look at the things that you're doing, if you don't have that human touch, you're not going to be around in the next X years. I believe in that. I think, so I, oftentimes when I, I, I talk about customers, customer experience, um, yeah, I, I not only think about the the people that are out there buying the products and services, but even the employees, how well mm-hmm. are they being served? And so thinking about that human experience, you know, I think that even extends back to the the employee side of things, feeling yeah. heard, feeling a part of a, of a movement, feeling a part of something important. Um, all that really translates, not just, it's such a big thing right now, mm-hmm. essentially, um, that human element. I'm glad you brought that up. Um yeah, let's let's move into the lightning round. All right, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> These are going to be fast action questions. No, right. I'm kidding okay. a little bit. Okay, but the lightning round. Let's get in. I want to know a little bit more about you um, as an as a person, Getting the human element. You. Yes. So, what's what's your coffee of choice? Green tea. Okay, that wasn't the question. <laughs> All right, I am kidding. a basic vanilla latte girl. Okay. But I order it a little different, and they always forget the vanilla, so I've had to like change my order. Interesting. So I, I get a vanilla latte, non-fat, no foam. Mm. But it, if I say the non-fat, no foam before the vanilla, they forget the vanilla. Okay. It's weird. Very weird. <laughs> Green tea, good to know. Green tea, What's yeah. your adult drink of choice? Red wine. I am a wino. And how much wine do you drink, let's say, per week? Copious amounts of red wine. No, um, you know, actually, I'm a big fan of Texas red wines. So we've got a lot of great varietals here. There's Aglianico. That's a new one. Everyone that's a Malbec fan, go try some Aglianico. It's A-G-L-I. And then whatever, Aglianico. Um, Yeah, it's just so good. But we have, like, some great... Tempranillos and Sangioveses here. Like really big, really bold red wine. I need to give them another try here. Yeah, I've, I've kind of, mm. I've gotten really into bourbons recently, so I may need to make my way back to the wines. Mm. All right. Okay. Um, you mentioned um, the Marketing Marketer's Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Marketing Rebellion. Marketing Rebellion. Great book. What are you listening to in terms of podcasts right now? Um, you know what's crazy is I listen to the StoryBrand podcast a lot and he has some great people on there and it's always informational um for funsies uh i listen to a lot of true crime podcasts Mm. you know um i actually just listened to uh over my dead body the second season is called joe exotic crazy man so crazy i'm gonna have to check that one out i know (laughs) you You did mention earlier that you love the murder mysteries. I do. I'm so fascinated. I want to know why they did it. I want to know what they were thinking. 
But what, they need to be nonfiction or fiction? You don't care. So what's what's weird about it is I don't watch horror films or scary movies because like I feel like that could actually happen to me. But if somebody is like caught and they're in jail and everything's over and there's no threat to my life, I can watch that all day. Unsolved Mysteries, not on my list. Did you see that, that Ted Bundy movie on Netflix? I did. Man, that shook me to my core. Yes, yes. That was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, for like two weeks, I was nervous <laughs> about just my surroundings. Did you listen to Ted Bundy tapes? That's what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, okay. Because yeah. there's two of them. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's okay. right. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched the Zac Efron movie. Okay. I'm yeah. talking about the, the, the tapes. tapes. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. It's pretty pretty intense. Yeah. I can't even talk about it right now anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you a morning person or night person? Night owl. Night owl. Yeah. And what do you find? You just you mentioned earlier you love to work late at night, right? I do. Mm-hmm. How does that how does that work with everybody else's schedule? How do you handle that? I don't schedule meetings before ten AM. Okay, my, I'll notice that. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, my husband takes my daughter to school every morning. All right. She's only she'll be three in November, so he takes her to daycare every morning. All right. And I do pick up. And so it works really well for me. That's good. You've got your own process. Gosh, it's great. You've worked it out. That's awesome. Yeah. And are you an introvert or an extrovert? What do you think? Let's say extrovert. I am total introvert. What? I know. It takes me days to recover from like huge things. Like, but wow. I can work the room, right? Like I'm, I'm excited. I'm bubbly. I'm happy. Yeah. Da, 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 but then I have to recover. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said about this question. I don't, I don't, there's, um, in a work environment and a sales environment and kind of putting together, let's say change management plans. If we want to even go there, innovating, I mean, <laughs> understanding who you're dealing with is huge. Yeah. That introvert versus extrovert mm-hmm. concept just is a, is a good place to start there. Um, okay. What do you look forward to the most each weekend? Um, okay. So it's, it may sound weird to a lot of people, but I don't feel like I have a job. Like I don't feel like I work. Doesn't and so sound weird, yeah. I don't like look forward to the weekends. I look forward to each day and it, and each day kind of brings its own thing. So during the week it's client successes and hearing the numbers and, you know, Hey, we sent out this email. This is the response we got. And I've got these meetings set up with these people. And look, I got four inqu- inquiries today and things like that. Um, and then, you know, on the weekends, you know, like I mentioned, I have an almost three year old and my husband and we, we go do fun things. So you might find us at a wine and beer festival. You might find us traveling or, um, going on a bike ride or, you know, exploring. We live in McKinney, which is a small town, North suburbs of DFW. And we have a really cool square and they have lots of festivals. And like this weekend is October. So very exciting. That is exciting. I love McKinney. Such a great town. I know. So nice. People don't know this, but I actually um, spent most of my elementary school days living in McKinney. Crazy. Yeah, got my haircuts there downtown <laughs> at the Palace Barbershop. Shout out to the Palace. Is it still there? I, you know, <laughs> last time I drove by there was Better like be. the day before my daughter was born. Oh, this okay. way too long ago. I yeah. need to stop by again. All but right. it was there. It was okay. there. Okay, let's close things up. So what's yeah. it? Let's, let's wrap things up cl- talking about your business. What's it like for a client to work with you? How does one get started? Yeah. You know, where do we go for that? So um, it's really easy to work with me. You basically schedule a, a strategy session, and that is free, by the way. I'll do a one-hour strategy session I for like free. free. I know. Um, and then uh, we work together on a plan, and 
uh, an answer to whatever marketing challenge you have, if that's your Vision 2020 plan, if that's messaging, if that's, hey, I just need somebody to give me a decision on this. Um, we'll work on that, and then you'll get great results. So just three steps, really easy. Uh, you can find me at pieceofcakemarketing.com. You can also find me at Erica Bryant on LinkedIn. Um, so I help fi businesses find and keep their customers so you can uh, get back to the parts of the business that you love. I love it. You know, and um, firsthand experience here working with you, I think what I've enjoyed about working with you is your methodical approach. It's not just picking ideas out of the air. It's There's a rhyme and reason to everything that's done. There's history or research or something to back it up. And um, it, it really instills a confidence in making the decision and moving forward. And then, as you said, you're very opinionated. <laughs> and so I, uh, I so feel helps. like you've told me <laughs> no enough to know that, uh, hey, there's probably some, some rhyme or reason <laughs> for, for that. So anyways... Erica, thank you so much for being our first guest on ah, the show. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. And thank you all for listening to the inaugural show of the Louder Co. Dallas Base Innovators Podcast. I'm Andrew Louder signing out. That's our show for today. We hope you took away something valuable. Be sure to visit Louder Co. at louderco.com for more. Thank you again, and stay tuned for more from Dallas-based innovators.